and welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy that's got adrenaline in his soul, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Doing very well today on this uh, beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. And I'm feeling rather good. Feeling feeling fantastic here this offseason of Seattle Mariner Baseball. How are you feeling today? Uh, you know, I'm not feeling too bad. There's I haven't been watching a lot of baseball since the postseason started, but what I've caught has been pretty good. I caught most of the Braves uh Phillies game today. You know, we're shooting on Monday. Great game. Good walk off win for the well, wasn't really a walk off, but a good good comeback win for the Braves. Um I, I really, really, really want to see the Astros lose, but that's coming at the expense of having to root for Carlos Correa. So that's never fun. That's never a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's football season for me. It's cracking season starting in a couple days. So uh, I've got a lot more sports on the horizon. So, and we've, we're rooting for the Idaho Vandals, you know, third in the nation in the FCS and homecomings this weekend. They take on, you know, I, I would call them one of our biggest rivals, the Montana Grizzlies. Yes, sir. Uh, like I said, I was, uh, I went to a, a Vandal game pretty recently and it was a good time and they're playing rather well. So all good there. But um, <clears throat> yeah, even, even in the off season of baseball though, for the Seattle Mariners, we have some, uh, some exciting things that happened over this last week after we launched our episode on Tuesday, we seemingly just uh, kind of blowing up there. So baseball season never ends. So there you go. Jerry DePoto knows how to whip the fans in a frenzy. He really does, you know, and it was a very, very divided comment, which we're going to touch on. Um, He, he, yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any middle of the fence on that one. You were either one side or another, but we're going to get to that. Before we get into all that, because we've got quite a bit to talk about, <clears throat> thank you everyone again for coming back, taking time to listen to this first episode of the off season Forks Down podcast. Um, you know, we uh, I think this is episode number we're almost to eighty, so uh, we're we're having fun with it. Like I said, we got a a pretty good slate of off season episodes. Um, scheduled you know if if jerry depoto keeps talking like this <laughs> we're gonna have a lot to talk about this off season but um you know we we uh we hope not to be so divided come uh regular season next season but for all our returning listeners welcome back you know uh thank you for listening to us um i, I love seeing the numbers come in every week of, of what we're uh how many of you guys are listening so thank you for that um if you're a first time listener Hey, thanks for choosing Forks Down. I know the season has ended, but, you know, hopefully we're your new home for Mariners Baseball Talk and you can stick with us through the offseason into next season and um, get all your Mariners news. So if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram by searching Forks Down Podcast. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app to get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, And the other social media we have is Threads. I forgot to put that in there. We always forget to put it on the list, but I usually just add it. So you can also find us on threads. Um, but yeah, go f- find us on, uh, you know, whatever you're listening on. Hit like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Help drive us up the charts. We want to be one of the better Mariners podcast on the market. You know, soul Mariners podcast. Um, we do dive into some little, little other things. You know, Bo, maybe we'll do a Kraken episode again just for S&Gs. So, um you know, we'll see about that. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's get started on this uh, information-filled day, Bo. Uh, we do have one transaction note to touch on. Uh, I I don't really find it surprising when I heard it, but uh, Tommy Malone, you know, he came up and had a couple spot starts here and there. You know, uh, you know, was part of the rotation down in AAA Tacoma. Uh, he hits minor league free agency. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he hits free agency and comes back. <laughs> like I just, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. Yeah. I would be surprised if we're kind of in the same situation with Tommy Malone. 
next year that we have found ourselves in um, these most recent seasons. Um, uh, yeah, this kind of the spot start, whatever, outright call up, outright, and then bring back and what have you kind of role that he's been in. And I think he seems to like it. Um, you know, good kind of journeyman role for him at age 36, probably going at age 37 next year. So would be surprised at all if he's back, you know, in Tacoma next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I definitely feel like, you know, whenever Tommy is done on the ball field, you know, he retires, I actually kind of would half expect him if he wants it, probably to have a, a role in the Mariners organization. You know, I, I know he's been with a lot of teams, but um, you know, he's, he's, been kind of I, I would say almost the consummate professional you know he doesn't get a lot of love but he comes up when we need him and gives us four or five innings and never complains always gets sent back down you know he, he clears waivers and gets sent back to Tacoma and you know a couple months later he's back up again for a start so um you know if, if that's it for him in the Mariners organization I wish, wish him well but uh, I kind of hope he he sticks in AAA for us so We'll see on there. Um, some injury notes. Uh, you know, as as all of you guys know, Marco uh, was on the DL for most of the season. Robbie Ray was on the DL most of the season. The IL, sorry. I, I still call it the DL, disabled list. I, I don't think that's politically correct anymore. So it's now the injured list, the IL. And then Evan White missed, a, um, you know, the whole season with an injury. But uh, I think this... Was was Depoto asked about this, and this is how we got this? I, I, I can't remember how all this came out. Uh, I mean, typically at the end of the year press conferences, right? That's where they announce, you know, just the injury notes that they've been kind of holding back, or you know, like this is going to be. I would hope that this is like their last press conference for for a long time because either that or they need to prep a little bit better for the next one. Um, so like I think this is a good opportunity for them to kind of get out that information. And, um, yeah, I feel like it's all kind of stuff that, you know, no, nothing really super groundbreaking. I, I think that the, you know, the, the one thing that I think is probably the most relevant is Robbie Ray being back at some point next season, <clears throat> maybe by the all-star break, um, maybe by the all-star break. Right. I think that's what they said is like the best case scenario. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I still think that there's a decent chance that, if he does pitch, it's only like maybe a couple starts here or there. I think there is a chance that he just doesn't pitch at all. So, um, who knows, but, um, you know, regardless, something to think about, I think closer when we get to closer to next summer sometime, and we'll certainly have probably a lot of updates as we go along there. But, um, yeah, Marco coming back, um, you know, we'll have to do our own. We're going to do our own predictions again and everything else and talk about where we think guys are going to fall. And we know that like this time last year, there was a lot of talk of Marco. If he was even going to be in the starting rotation, those are probably back again, given, you know, a growth for our starting rotation. But, um, then Evan White, Evan White's a little bit of a guy that I've kind of forgotten about in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he had a fine start to, I think the spring training. And then I think it injured the hip a little bit more. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of at this point, not really expecting much out of Evan White. And, you know, hopefully that's, you know, to be, hopefully he can prove us wrong there and come back because, you know, the first base might be a little bit in suspect right now. So, but anyways, all good notes. And, you know, I feel like it was less than I was expecting. You know, I think last off season, like we had Munoz had an ankle injury at the end of last year. You know, Cal Raleigh, I think had a thumb issue at the end of last year. There was a couple other injuries that just popped up guys just sore and everything else. And I don't know if we got too much of an update on any of those, but yeah, pretty seems pretty uh seems pretty mild on the injury front. Yep, yep. Hey, you need to put some respect on Evan White's name. This is gold glove winning first baseman Evan White. That is true. Yeah. That is that is that is true. Yep. yep. Gold glove. Can't take, can't take that away from him. No. No. Yep. no. He's going to come back on the Mariners and he will have that that little gold was it like isn't it like a symbol on the glove to signify you want a gold glove? Yeah, JP's sure. got one. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh. And then uh, some things that uh, were announced this week, uh, looking at some projected arbitration salaries for Mariners. Uh, looks like Ty France is projected at a seven seven point two million. Luis Torrens one point three million. Trent Thornton one point four. Josh Rojas three point five. Sam Haggerty eight hundred K. Topa one point five. 
Ford 1.5 and Gilbert 4.9. Some of those seem a little bit low to me. Like I, 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 I feel like they could get a little bit more. Like Logan Gilbert, 4.9 is a pretty big steal for uh, what he brought to the table this season. 4.9, I bet his salary in 2023, if, uh, if, if Fangraph's payroll pages can be relied upon here, says Logan Gilbert's making 767000 in 2023. So if you think what's that steal, what's a, that's a steal that's on the paper, they got a huge steal out of him this season. So mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> all very good for, for Logan. I think this is his final year of pre-arbitration, so that number is going to start to go up considerably, I think, for him. Um, you know, I think the, I think the big talk out of like these pre-arbitration salaries is just who the Mariners are going to tender a contract to, right? Like I would assume that, you know, of this group here, obviously Logan Gilbert, um, Ty France, I think will get tendered as a tendered a contract. Um, Josh Rojas, I would imagine is going to get tendered a contract. Um, and then I would assume Sam Haggerty is also Sam Haggerty and Justin Topa. Mm-hmm. The ones that I think might be on the edge um, are Mike Ford, Trent Thornton, Luis Torrens. I would assume that Luis Torrens is probably going to get non-tenured. They non-tendered him last year, so I wouldn't be surprised at that. Um, Trent Thornton's a little bit on the edge, and then I would I I would have I would venture a guess that they're probably going to Mike to non-tender Mike Ford, but um, could be surprised there. So. Um, yeah, I think the arbitration deadline is, I think, after the World Series. So they have to decide at that point for the non-tender deadline. But um, yeah, so there might be some spaces opening up on the 40-man. I guess that's what we're what we're going with this. Yep. I mean, of the names that we listed, do you think there's anyone that gets higher than their projected arbitration salaries? You know, I think Logan Gilbert could get higher. I think Justin Topa, eh, 1.5 might be kind of where he stuck, you know, sits at. But uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if he got just a little bit more. Thought Topa was uh, very good at the um, during the course of the season, and Josh Rojas seems about right at three point five, maybe a little high there. Um, arbitrations arbitration is just tough to like the projected arbitration salaries that trade rumors usually comes up with are pretty close to being in line with where the final number is. Um, uh, I could see Logan Gilbert maybe getting a little bit more. Some of it's all based on comps, and I don't really have super good comps for these guys pulled up here. But Ty France is making a pretty big jump, like by three million, and I could see the Mariners probably coming in lower than that, maybe maybe under seven million. So there could be a little bit of a little bit of a fight there for Ty France's thing for Ty France's salary. But um, yeah, for the most part. I feel like these are, you know, plus or minus maybe a couple hundred thousand or maybe a couple hundred thousand here for a couple of these contracts. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if we have any good extension contracts out of extension opportunities out of any of these guys. Like, uh, you know, Dylan Moore was going to go to arbitration last year and they ended up extending him. So um, I don't know if we have anybody on this list that kind of sticks out as a, you know, extension candidate, but um I would say that I would say they're probably going to mostly be in line. I would probably say Ty Francis might be a little bit more of a of a fight on that one, but they'll. I think for the most part, you know, trade rumors does a pretty good job with it. Yeah. What about you? I guess the, I guess I didn't quite know where I would think Trent Thornton would be at. Right, like that's a little tougher one for me to pin. Um, I would assume the Mariners are going to tender him a contract, but um, I, well, I guess I don't. I don't quite know on that one. I may have, probably have to think a little bit harder on it if the Mariners think they, they want to keep him or not. But that's a tougher one. Yeah, he had an all right season. His numbers were all right, but you know, again, I, I don't know. They patchwork their uh, their bullpen all the time, so I I could see them patchworking it again and replacing someone like Trent Thornton. You know, I, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't come as a shock if that happened. Yeah, they they went out and found Trent Thornton, right? So who's to say you probably couldn't do that again at some sort? And they, you know, like you like you said, they grab numerous numerous uh, relievers in the off season, just like last year. It felt like we every time we talked last month, every every time we talked last you know off season, it was like we signed some guy that we had never heard of that was a reliever in AAA, and then yeah, they end up being Easton McGee that comes out and almost throws a no hitter, and yeah, the whole works. So. Um, yeah, who knows? Yep. It, it was either a person we never heard of or a former first round draft pick. Yep. That, that was, was kind of that the was 
That's kind of the MO last year. Jamie Colton Bukakis. Long. Colton Wong, Jamie Bukakis, AJ Pollock. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we'll be interested to see where those arbitration salaries hit. Um, you know, you, you brought up the extension talk. Uh, I could see Gilbert getting an extension, maybe not this soon, but you think Kirby gets an extension before Gilbert if those two were both in line? Um, it's, it's tough because both of them are super, super young still. And I know mm-hmm. Julio, they bought out Julio's, you know, arbitration years. And I think that was the right move. Um, honestly, I probably think that they might go Kirby more than Gilbert. Um, but I also, I'm trying to know, I don't know who George is, is represented by. Um, just the nature of the beast of who, you know, who you're represented by is, um, you know, a main driver of, um, if you're going to sign an extension or not. So, um, more or less meaning that if your agent is Scott Boris, your chances of you extending, um, your time with the team are very difficult to say. So, um, yeah, I would say that they probably might go after Kirby a little bit more, um, when you know we're gonna have a whole offseason to talk about some trades and what have you, I still think Logan Gilbert is um, a likely candidate if they're gonna move anybody from the rotation that has a lot of value. Logan Gilbert's probably up there a little bit, but um, so I'll go George Kirby on that one. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <clears throat> before we dive into some more post uh, season or uh, you know after season press conference stuff like that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the postseason because it's uh, it's been an interesting postseason. Um, the one question I have before we get into there, Bo, is what are your thoughts on the uh, buy that the top couple teams get in the league? Are you for it or against it? Because I've seen a lot of people divided this season. Um, you know, especially this season with what was it all but the Astros? Everyone but the Astros lost their first game coming off the buy series. Um, where, where do you sit on that? Um, I, I, so I always kind of like try to, I don't, I always try to find stuff to compare it to. And I encourage people to go check out Ben Clemens article on fan graphs where he kind of lays this out and talks about it. Right. Um, and, historically you know basically the thesis of it is you know historically teams with longer layoffs hasn't really hindered a lot of their chances right um you know he mentions the nationals i think had a six-day layoff at least that's what kind of he has here right in 2019 when they were playing the astros they ended up winning that series um and he has a whole nother litany of kind of teams that have like four-day layoffs five-day layoffs that ended up winning um but yeah, I think it's something to definitely track. Um, you know, still the Braves didn't the Braves did end up winning tonight, so there is that point against them. Um, and as we're talking, Arizona is on top of um, the Dodgers three nothing. So I think that there there could be something to it. I'm not one to fully dismiss it, but um, the Mariners were also on the opposite end of the spectrum last year. So you know, there's a counterpoint to to that, right? So um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on? <clears throat> I guess the yeah, the, the hypothesis is right. You get more time off. You're not in a groove and, you know, you're not really in that baseball playing mode. So the team that has been in that baseball playing mode takes the advantage of you. Are you, do you subscribe to that? What are your thoughts on it all? I mean, a little bit. I mean, we're, like you said, the Dodgers are currently losing and they did that last season. They lost, you know, being one of the teams that got a buy in the NL. The Braves were the other team that had a buy in the NL last season. They lost their first series, you know. The Astros have kind of been the anomaly there. Uh, I hate to say it, uh, but we're seeing it this season, you know, with uh, the Orioles uh, being down 2 nothing to the Rangers and the Rangers went into Tampa Bay and kicked Tampa Bay's butt, you know, and now they're, they're uh, you know, primed to make the ALCS. So um, I, don't know, I, I see a little bit, but uh, I'd still probably want that by, you know, if I was the Mariners, I'd, I'd probably still want that by going into it um especially towards the end of the season when a bunch of our guys were you know pitching staff was tired you know i think that would have been a good time to get them rejuvenated and uh you know reduced but i uh, i mean 
I could say it the other way too, where you don't want it because you just aren't in the groove anymore. And that other team's going to be coming in and they had won a series. So I don't know. It's just an interesting argument. I, I, I guess I'm kind of on the fence and I, I don't see too many people on the fence. I see people argue kind of both ways, but you know, I've seen a lot of arguments with people absolutely against it. I think more so than absolutely for it. <laughs> so uh, I think I, I, I saw would, would those be Dodgers and Braves fans and no, you know, the like, uh, what was it? Was it Jim, Jim Bowden, Jim Bowden, former yeah. MLB GM. Um, you know, his, his whole argument, you know, kind of stems from the, the getting the buy and, and whatever. But, um, he also said, you know, if you're the sixth best team in your league, you probably shouldn't be making the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think he just likes the, you know, the playoffs to be shortened up a little bit, but I don't know. It, it's just, it's interesting. I think people are going to complain either way, you know, like if it was, if it was, the last two seasons the other way and the Braves and Dodgers won last season and they both win this season, the Orioles are blowing them out. Then people would argue like, you know, a little bit like, Oh, they shouldn't get a buy. You know, our team's coming in exhausted. I feel like that would be like, <laughs> I think it'd be completely yeah. flipped in that, in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah. I think the, to me, the thing I just think about is like, if we could test this right, I would have like, the Braves play the Rockies or something, right? And if the, if the Rockies won two out of three or something like that, then yeah, I could probably give you more credence. But it's also like, I think people forget that like the playoffs are only the best teams, right? Like that's that's who's playing in the playoffs, right? Like it's not wild that a ninety wins Phillies team could you know feasibly beat you know the the Braves two out of three or um, you know three out of five. It's just that we have the best teams and it's not shocking, right. That, you know, some of these smaller sample things are just going to end up happening. Um, so again, maybe we'll get another year of this and maybe we'll have another season and we'll have some more data to, to test it, to see what, but, um, also just uh, upsets happen to me. Upsets happen everywhere in sports. Kraken beat the avalanche last season in hockey. You know, like that happens all the time. Freaking. You can make a bunch of examples. The 2009 Nats upsetting their way to the World Series and the win in the World Series. Like, I don't know. There's just, there's an argument for everything. I don't know. I think people just argue to argue. They That's what fuels their day. They're like arguing energy vampires or something. So People try to minimize things, right? And... You know, meaning like, yeah. oh, we lost because of X or we lost because of Y. They search for reasons for things that they, you know, wish wouldn't have happened or did happen. So not surprising. Yep. Well, well, the Mariners didn't make the playoffs because all their pitchers were tired. Come on. Let's subscribe to that. Oh, OK. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Let's let's. Yeah. That's that's the reason why I tell you. Yeah. You, you've, yeah. you've pinpointed it. Well done. Maybe you should have ran the maybe you should have ran the damn press conference. We go. Yeah, I solved it. I'm the world's greatest detective. Fifty-four <laughs> percent um, of our time, our guys were just not feeling good. So there you 50, go. Fifty-four of the time, all the time. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking at some of the postseason, you know, we still got two AL West teams in there, and the AL West teams, um, they're doing quite well. Um, Rangers offense, um, as as Bo so eloquently put it in the notes here. Uh, they look deep and sharp. You know, they're hitting really well right now. Um, you, you put this two, and I, I still don't think they've quite figured it out. Bullpen. Uh, I, I feel like we're still in for an implosion on the bullpen side because that's just the Rangers. Like, I, I hate to say it, like, whoever comes out of the Twins-Astros series is probably going to the World Series. I just, I see something bad happening to the Rangers bullpen. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to predict the future, but I just see it happening. But uh, that offense is looking really good. I mean, again, they, they went into Tampa Bay and just completely ran them over, you know. Yeah, and Tampa Bay didn't have any time off, so you can't use any excuse there. Um, no, uh, yeah, that, so the bullpen, I think your point is is well taken there. Um but I like, 
I don't know if your if your offense is just scoring like they are, right? Um, if your offense is just hitting like they are, it's just really tough for me to see the Rangers. I almost want to say slowing down. Like if they keep scoring runs, like I don't know, you can give up eight runs like you did in the Orioles game and still end up winning it, right? In the game two, that is. So I don't know. They might have mentally cool off, um, but uh, it's I don't know. They they just look really sharp right now and. Um, you know, I look at guys like, um, Josh Young and Evan Carter, and I get a little jealous as a Mariner fan. It just like, you know, we have, you know, we have some good young guys that we've developed and brought through our system and drafted and what have you there. But like, it just seems like the Rangers coupled with the guys that they signed, you know, previously, like you add those guys to the guys that they're just calling up from their minor league system. And it just seems like it's just comes together for their offense. Right. And um, just, uh, yeah, it just makes me jealous as a Mariner fan where it seems like they've just drafted some really good guys and they ended up becoming, you know, <clears throat> contributors to the major league level, which is just a challenge that <clears throat> the Mariners have had on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather have those two than like a, I don't know, Cal Raleigh and I don't even know who to compare Cal Raleigh. I, Cause if I said Cal Raleigh and Julio, you'd be like, I'd absolutely want those two. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? We don't even have another guy outside of Cal Raleigh that we've developed that has been like, I don't know, like, like who would it be, right? Where would you like? Who would it, who well, would it even I, be? Right. If, if I said Cal Raleigh and Kelnick, would you would you want Carter and Jung over them? Uh, I mean, probably not because you know Evan Carter was only up for like a couple games this year, so like I have, probably haven't seen enough to get out of Kevin out of out of uh, Evan, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. I don't know. It's tough. They also have a couple of other guys like Ezekiel Duran and Leody Tavares and what have you. And yeah, it just feels like things are coming together for the offense. So, um, but I would say no to your question. Does that make you feel better? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Although isn't, didn't we say this cow cow always a Scott Boris client earlier? I think he is. I, I think he is. Yeah. Which means that his resignability is basically in the toilet, but um, we're going to have him until 2028. So um, enjoy him while we have him. Yep. 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 I, I certainly, will. I need to probably next year go buy a big dumper uh, Jersey. So I'll have to get on yep. that. I'll have to get on that. Um, <clears throat> you put on here, the Braves and Dodgers are off to slow starts. And you probably say that about the Dodgers, depending on how tonight goes, but the Braves again, kind of turned it up. Didn't have a great, you know, first five innings, but turned it up in the last half of the game. Um, you know, you, you see the Braves. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the Braves right now. Uh, being like, I have actually heard this from a couple of different uh, uh, media members that they think the Braves are one of the best teams of all time. You know, they certainly didn't play like it in their first uh, NLDS game, but um you know, you, th- you think the Braves can pull this one out against the Phillies? You know, you, you think they can make the NLDS and maybe the World Series and win it all and maybe take that title as greatest team of all time? Um, the fact that they won tonight when we're talking um, definitely gives me thought that they're going to... They have a... I'd say uh, if they lost tonight, they were kind of done in my, in my view, right? Like I just think that going to Philly down to zero going to be really difficult to overcome. But <clears throat> the fact that they won, I think gives me more thought that they probably are going to pull it out, but Philadelphia is still going to be super, super tough for two games there. Um, <clears throat> if they win, do they go down as like, well, I guess I would say that, you know, the biggest Paul for them is going to be, I think the Dodgers. I, I, I honestly think that, I, I think that the, the NL has is more top heavy with the Dodgers and the Braves this year. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the Rays were kind of the team I thought that was going to do well in the AL. So goes to show how much I know there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the Braves have a really good chance to run the table. And if the Braves and the Dodgers get knocked out, then, um, you know, somebody I think is going to steal, kind of sneak, sneak in and steal a world series here, but best team of all time. That's, uh, I don't know. That one's a difficult one for me. And I would have to, I haven't really even thought about them being the best team of all time. So like, I would have to probably go back and do some more research on that one. But um, 
I don't know. Their, their offense is historically good. They've got a super good pitching staff. Um, the bullpen solid. So yeah, they're probably up there with a couple other teams, but, um, of all time, I don't know if I could get that far yet. Maybe if I do a little bit more digging on it and I kind of see, you know, some of the advanced stuff there, but, um, difficult for me to one to say right now. So what about you? I, I think it's tough to say if they're one of the best teams of all time. I mean, look at some of those teams in the thirties that the New York Yankees fielded or, uh, in the seventies with the reds, like some of those reds teams were really, really good. That the reason, what was it? Three world series in a row. I know it was at least two. Was it three? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe some of those Oakland teams in the in the eighties. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of good teams. So um, maybe maybe best team in the last twenty years. I, I'd get on board with that. You know, if they can they can run the table and win the World Series. Uh, frick, Ronald Acuna Jr. You know, I I I can only hope that Julio, you know, becomes as productive as him one day because. Acuna is on another planet right now. I think if the MLB didn't have someone named Shohei Otani, you know, in the league, I think Acuna would be the de facto number one player in the MLB. Um, yeah, no, I think I'd agree with that. Tatis, I think, is trying to get there, but I think you're, I think you're spot on. Yeah, um, I would, uh, I guess, I would throw. Acuna out there. Yeah. I mean, Acuna is on there. Um, but I was also thinking, you know, kind of going back to the best teams of all time. Like I think the Dodgers, didn't the Dodgers win like 110 games last year and they ended up just choking in the NLDS. Yes. And like, so like, I think we kind of, I think we kind of romanticize teams that like do look really good and get this far. And not to say that the Braves still aren't that good of a team. Like that, not to say that the Braves aren't as good of a top tier team or what have you there, but, I think it's also a little bit of just the time of the year too. And it, maybe if the Dodgers won it last year, we would have said the same thing, but the fact that they choked pretty badly against the Padres where we don't even think about them that much now. So, or at least the 2022 version. So well, the, who knows? The, the Mariners know how that feel, how that feels, you know, with 2001, 116 wins and we lose in the ALCS to the Yankees, you know, Dodgers know how that feel in 2022, won in 110 games, losing in the NLDS. The Braves, if, if they want to even be mentioned as one of the greatest teams of all time and not be forgotten or not be pushed to the side, they're going to have to win the World Series. They're going to have to show it. And I, I think they have the tools. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm if I'm doing my, my who I think is going to make the World Series, I think it's going to be the Braves. And you're going to hate this answer. I think it's going to be the Astros. Uh, I just, I don't know if the Twins have enough to pull it off and Again, I just see the bullpen choking for the Rangers. So, unless some miracle happens and the Orioles can win two in Texas, which I'm not too keen on, but yeah. Yeah, the Orioles, I mean, they had a good comeback in game two, but um, yeah, that's also an offense that I just still think still needs a little bit of help there and some more pitching side help would help as well. Um Grayson Rodriguez just isn't quite there. So still an up and coming team, but uh, no, I, I don't like your pick because, um, because of the certain team that's there. So um, I know, I know it was going to take a good attempt by you, but um, horrible, absolutely horrible. I, but um, I, I will go, it. I will probably I hate to say that. I hate to say it. I, I think it's going to be the Rangers. I think it's going to be them. I think that the offense is just plugged in right now. So I think it's going to be the Rangers and Braves <clears throat> Braves. I think would, think would end up winning that so there you go now if we if we played the game of who i want i want it to be the the braves and orioles that'd be a fun series but what what writing on that probably not having it so i mean the braves and braves and orioles that's uh <clears throat> i don't know if you're not going to get it this year very well might very well might get that in the future years as both those teams are going to be good for a long time. So. Well, it can't be next year because it's going to be the uh, the Marlins and Mariners in the World Series next year. So, book it, book it. Where did the where did where did the Marlins come from? Book it, it's Vince. Very, very, book it. Uh, Marlins came out of where? What? Where are you on this Marlins train all of a sudden? 
I like the Marlins. I always have. Oh. They would be like, I would probably consider them my NL team. I really would. Well, okay then. Yeah. Well, you know, Sandy's out for the year, right? So it's going to be a little tough there for them. But you know what? I wish you the best of luck. They got Jesus Lizard. That's all they need. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, Bo, should we hop into this press conference? Should we? Shall we? I guess we can. I would just preface this with like, it was, it's funny because like we were talking last week about it kind of feels like the off the off season might get a little contentious between the front office and the fan base. And we said that on, we said that on Monday and then we launched the episode on Tuesday and then Tuesday we all, we all kind of knows what happens after that. So all, yeah. all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. That's what happens. <laughs> there was so many things going on. <laughs> let's, let's start with the first one because this does go back to the episode that we shot last last uh, week, and Cal Raleigh was a big topic, you know, having to apologize and all this thing, all these things. And Jerry was asked about that at the press conference, and here's what he had to say, in his own words. Here we go. Jerry on Cal, his opinions are his own, and I don't begrudge anyone the ability to share their opinions. I don't know that the solution to our problems is big name players. But would I like to add big-name players? Sure. I think we all would. I think that to the extent that Cal was trying to express an opinion, and I can't speak for him, he wants to get better. We all do. Whether that is, by the way, of a big-name player, you know, there's a number of teams that are evidence that they may not be the only way to build a roster. Okay? That's kind of what he said in his own words on that. And um, I don't know, but do you feel like that was him trying to kind of save face with you know, probably not just Cal, but some of the other guys in those lo- the locker room that uh, um, supported Cal. You know, the in the days after his comments. Yeah, I I think I think so for the most part. Um, I think the thing that got muddled for me here is like, I think Jerry's mostly talking about free agency. Like, I don't think that like he just said big name players. Right. And I think he should have, you know, like signing, signing big name players. I feel like is a better way. He probably should have said that we're all going to have our takes on what Jerry should have said during this, uh, during this press conference. But like, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think there was probably a better way to put that. This was definitely like, you know, trying to say he shares or emphasizes with the guys that, <clears throat> you know, they all want to make the team better. But, um, I think this is very much, uh, very much a comment directed at, you know, um, I don't know. I, I feel like directed at, I want to say just the fact that we're not going to sign anybody this off season. The fact, if the fact that we'd love to sign Shohei Otani, but, um, Jerry says himself, right. There's another way you can build a roster without doing that. And, um, I'm all for that. Um, but, uh, I think we all know, certain reasons why we're probably not going to do a lot of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's somebody else that's kind of behind the curtain. I think this press conference that didn't want to have, you know, didn't want to be out there. And, you know, he kind of comes across a lot in this press conference and this whole entire <clears throat> week that has been as the guy kind of just, they probably should have said something, but didn't really. And um, <clears throat> I think John Stan's hands is just kind of all over this in one way, shape or another. And, you know, Jerry said there's another way to build a roster, you know, whatever, that there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, has to be a two-way street, things like that. It all kind of comes back to our ownership, and I just don't think, you know, wanting to spend the money to do that. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I do think his hands were a little bit on this, but, uh, you know, going into it, I think Jerry had – he knew that question was coming. He's going to have to be very, uh, you know, political about it. He's going to have to try to save some face with those players. Um, you know, you look back at his time with, you know, the angels and you can almost argue that Jerry probably lost the team towards the end of his tenure there. You know, he, he <laughs> brought in pool holes, had trout and, you know, had a couple of big names, but they just weren't producing, you know, and, um, you know, there's not much that angels could have done. You know, he could have done at that point for the angels. Cause I mean, look at the contracts they handed out to both pool holes and trout, you know, that doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for, other players, you know, one, one, one thing's going to suffer, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's just interesting to see him take this route. Um, cause you knew he was going to get asked about it in the press conference and, you know, you, you kind of wonder how he's going to go and, and you're right. You know, he, 
He 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 says add big name players. He's not talking about signing them. Maybe he's talking about trading them, but you know he's he's being being very vague in that sense. You know, and and we're gonna talk a lot this postseason about you know potential trade candidates and and you know you, we brought one up earlier. Logan Gilbert could possibly be on the trade block if we're looking to add a big name player via trade. You know, a trade. So, um, you know, it just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where we we continue to go. Um, you know, he can say a lot in front of the camera, but I I, I certainly don't want to lose guys in the locker room like Cal. You know, I think Cal and JP are two of our biggest leaders on that squad. And and say what you want about Ty France, but I think Ty is very passionate about it. And uh, I, I, you know, on a, a random side note, I think you know Ty going to driveline is going to be a very big thing for him. I know we said that last week, but um, you know that's. You know, three big players that are big part of this roster, and um, you you notice that we never really. I don't think Julio said much about it. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I yeah, feel like they kind of avoided asking him, <laughs> and I I don't know. It's just kind of weird that they we we talked to guys like Cal, like JP, and didn't get anything from Julio. Wonder if he he declined to comment. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it is like an age thing with Julio, but I mean, Julio, we've seen Julio make good comments before around the team, so maybe it is a little surprised we didn't get anything from him. But um, yeah, I feel like that's fine too, right, from a 22-year-old guy. So yeah, but let's dive into the, let's dive into some of the meat here and I'm going to tell you and you get to respond this time. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, let's get into it and pull out your favorite, pull out your, you know, whatever best 54% joke you have. Cause I feel like this is going to be the last week that it's going to be funny. But um, <clears throat> if what you're doing is to focusing on year to year, what do we have to do to win the world series this year? You might be one of the best teams that's laying in the mud and can't help. Can't get up for another decade. So we're actually doing the fan base a favor, asking for their patience to win the World Series while we continue to build a sustainably good roster. And then if you go back and look in a decade, those teams that win 54% of the time always wind up in the postseason. And they more often than not wind up in the World Series. So there's your bigger picture process. Nobody wants to hear the goal this year. We're going to win 54% of the time because sometimes 54% is one year. You're going to win 60%. Another year, you're going to win 50% but whatever it is, but over time, that type of mindset gets you there. So Rick, I'm going to tell you this. I've been in meetings at work before where I've like really understood something and I've tried to like describe, like I've tried to describe, like I I really understand something. Right. And like, I like, I like dive deep into the notes and like, I know exactly what I'm saying. And then like, I get to the end of my spiel and then I just have like blank faces at me. Right. Cause like it sounded really good in my head. Right. Cause like, I know a lot about it. I prepped on what I was going to say. I just looked at it before the meeting and then I came out and I said it and people are like, um, can you repeat that Bo? Like, I felt like that was Jerry DePoto's moment here. Like DePoto, like he prepped this, he had this in his mind and he came out and at the time it didn't make any sense and left everybody confused. So what was that? Was that kind of your reaction when you heard this, or you know, what was your reaction? I was a little mad at it, and I, I, I agreed with part of it, I guess, because you know, you go out and and people have brought up, you know, since then have, you know, if you look at the data and brought up the last, I think people are bringing up the last ten years of teams, you know, and their winning percentages, you know, outside of the Dodgers, like fifty four percent is. A pretty pretty much every team that has made the playoffs in the last 10 years you know the dodgers the braves you know uh i, I can't remember the other teams off the list but it's been perennial playoff teams so i get it you know you're you look at that and you say um goal is 54 percent. you know so again he's right some years you'll win 60 you know that's why the dodgers are a little bit higher because they've had a couple anomaly years where they have won more than 60 percent. you know they had the you're where they want 110. Um, fans don't want to hear that. <laughs> 54% is not a lot. <laughs> so fans you know, don't want to hear that. But I, I sort of agree with it. Where he lost me, though, you know, is where he's telling us he's doing us a favor. Like, that just, 
that completely turned me off. Like you're, you're doing us a favor by not making the playoffs. I don't know. It just, it, it hurt to hear. I guess I don't want to hear someone like that go, Oh, we're doing you a favor. Cause then I'm like, no, you aren't. We're the Mariners are in the same place they have been for the last 20 years. You know, I, I just, I don't know. And, and again, some of the reactions to this, you know, there's been a lot of 54% jokes. You know, I'm only going to cheer for the Mariners 54% of the time, or I'm only going to go to 54% of the games that I attended, you know, last year. I'm only going to go to 54% of that, you know, stuff like that. So there's been a lot of jokes. Um, I, I've seen some jokes off topic, which are like, you know, tr- I, I almost feel like they're trying to make fun of Jerry with like, oh, the Mariners have as many ruptured testicles as they do playoff appearances from 94 to 2001, you know, like, like I don't know. It's just, it was going to be very divisive and you're, you're completely right. I bet he went in there thinking, okay, I know I'm going to say this and it's going to sound good. And it's not the reaction he got from anyone, not from the fans. And, you know, and, and we're going to go over his response to that because he went on a show later on and kind of apologized but he didn't even get really a good reaction from reporters, you know. Uh, it, was, it was a bloodbath. It was a very big bloodbath in the end of it. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of think back to Jerry, just like a lot of the other things that Jerry does. Like, Jerry's very open. He's very charismatic. He's very open about the team. He, you know, did the, he did like the Wheelhouse podcast with like Aaron Goldschmidt and, I don't know. I do kind of feel like maybe it was just a matter of time till this kind of happened with Jerry too. Cause Jerry just does like to talk and I think does, you know, sometimes toes the line of saying things even in the past, right. That might be like, what did you just say? Right. Um, so like maybe I did feel like it was kind of only a matter of time, but um, <clears throat> yeah, this just wasn't a good look. And I think a lot of people from a lot of comments that I see, right. Like the 54% comment itself, um, yeah, it makes sense. It, it needed more context at the time. You know, the the research and the analysis that goes into it, like we can go over the list here at the bottom, all makes complete sense, right? I think the, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just don't think a press conference, you know, where that it isn't recorded, right, for whatever reason, which is still kind of odd to me that it wasn't. Like I can't go back and like fully contextualize why he was saying it or what have you there, but um, so that's kind of odd to me, but um <clears throat> yeah it's probably not the right place for it um but yeah the thing that you get hung up on is the is the favor side of it and i know that he said that it was you know he was trying to use humor and he was trying to um i i don't know i don't i don't know what i don't really that didn't really i didn't really track on that one like how how he kind of thought maybe that was funny in a way but yeah um that was confusing to me but um yeah the fact that um you know, we got so close to the playoffs and we're kind of in this, I don't know, it just seems like cycle now. And it, I, I know that we said that we took a step forward, but we're going to, we're going to recap the season and see if, see if we really did take a step forward. But um, yeah, I just didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good. Right. Especially being so close to the end of the season, like we were and um, yeah, kind of heartbreaking the way that it ended all. And just, uh, I didn't go to sleep happy, I guess. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I felt like um, you and a bunch you know. of other Mariners fans, yeah. you know, um, I did see some good arguments where, you know, where they explained it. And again, we've got the list at the bottom and, and he said in his apology, you know, there's been, what was it? 19 teams that went on a decade stretch of, um, you know, winning 54% of the games and it was sustainable. You know, some of that list, the Braves from 89 to 2013, Five World Series appearances, one World Series win. You know, Orioles, the Red Sox did it three times. The Reds, the Guardians, the Tigers, the Astros, the Royals, the Angels. Dodgers did it twice. Twins, the Mets, the Yankees did it twice. uh, The Athletics did it twice. The Phillies did it twice. The Pirates have done it. The Mariners have done it too, but, you know, nothing was out of that. And uh, let's see. The Mariners are only one, two part of three teams that did that uh, didn't go to any world series or world series appearances but you know 16 of them did make a world series and all of them but three four five one world series six you know five of them so 
Yeah. I mean, if you would have put a little bit more context to the argument, you know, and just didn't throw out random numbers, like, I, I feel like this would have been a little better for him, but you know, he didn't. And now he had to go on like a PR apology tour to go on to what, you know, get to what he was saying, you know. He, he couldn't have done that in the first press conference. He probably wouldn't have needed the apology in the, in the, what was it? There was a radio show. I think it was uh Seattle sports radio that he did a the apology on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I appreciate it. I, so um, I do appreciate the apology, right? Like there was going to be a portion of the fan base that regardless of what Jerry said on Thursday, but it really wouldn't have mattered, right? Regardless of what he said. And I'm, Totally understandable that that's totally, mm-hmm. I feel like the right way to, for some people to approach that. No, um, fully understand people that want to say that. Um, I do appreciate Jerry apologizing, right. And the fact that he, um, you know, did say he was a fight started off with just saying that he was just embarrassed by it all. And, um, I think oh, that's the right way to go, but, um, yeah, it is just embarrassing. Right. Cause like, the, you know what one of the things i've always said about mariner baseball is like there's just a lot of apathy when it comes to mariner baseball right mm-hmm. it's like i listen to a lot of baseball podcasts i try to follow and like baseball perspectives and fan graphs and anywhere that writes about baseball and it kind of seems like the mariners are one of the last teams on you know people's minds or you know people the teams that people talk about and it's like you know what the, the reason that we're in the news right now is be, not because you know we're in the playoffs and we're doing well there it's because of something our general manager said during a press conference so that was the thing that was um just depressing to me but um that's yeah that's generally S- seattle sports though for you i feel like being so far away in the pacific northwest kind of gets you forgotten sometimes you know the mariners are forgotten a lot up there the kraken have it happen i mean i've been reading a lot of preseason list you know and not a lot of kraken talk you know a lot of a lot of focus on other teams you know especially in the pacific division a lot of talk about las vegas and edmonton and uh colorado and stuff like that so and then the seahawks you know i've always felt maybe this is just me being a biased seahawks fan but um you know they're never talked about at a national level you know, even even during their, you know, Super Bowl runs a couple of years ago, they were. Uh, I, I always felt they were the afterthought. You know, so um, other people probably don't see that uh, that way. And again, you could agree to disagree with me, but um, yeah, you know, and it, it you're exactly right. It sucks that great the Mariners are in the news. It's not for winning a playoff game or winning a playoff series or you know, anything good, it's for, you know, Depoto and his comments and then, you know, Depoto and his apology. It's just, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun to be a Mariners fan when that happens. Yeah, not fun. Not not fun at all. Not a great way to start the offseason, but here we yeah. are. So I, I really like the start of his apology. Um, like you said, um, I'm going to read it. I re- read the first quote unquote paragraph of this. First, I'd like to say I'm generally embarrassed by the way, or by the way, at least that comment, and especially one other was received. You know, I've been doing this job or roles like this for a long time now, and I've made mistakes. I've made my fair share like most do, and this is one of those times. Uh, I just did a poor job of illustrating the points that I was trying to make. And in one case, I chose to try humor to lighten up a grave question. And obviously that wasn't the moment that was called for. Um, you know, and then later on he goes on to say, um, you know, we're, we're not trying to win 50, uh, 54% of our games. We're trying to win 100% of our games. The 54% is if you reach that bar and you're able to stay at or above that bar for 10 years, you're going to play in a World Series. And I say that confidently because it's true. 19 teams have been able to do that in a decade-long increment. 19 different teams and 16 of them have played in the World Series. And most, many of them, and I think we just counted it was 11, have won championships or multiple championships. And that's what I was trying to say, and it's probably more, makes more sense to me. And for that, I apologize. Um, you know, it it just again yeah. a lot of that could have been said in the post the 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 postseason press conference, but it didn't. And now here we are, having to apologize for it. Yeah, and 
I, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of follow-up questions, right. That the fan base would have, right. It's like, Jerry, do you believe that this team is capable of continuing to win 54% of the games? Right. I think my, my issue with some of the 54% and the 10 year stretch and all that is you're making an assumption that this Mariner team is going to be good over that stretch of time. And I think he, I don't, maybe he said maybe 2020 or you said, I can't remember the year that he thought like this was really starting. I guess I thought it, I heard 2020. I could be wrong. 2021 yeah. is like the, the year window that he's talking about, but like, no, no, it, it um, started here. I'll, I'll cut you off for a second. Uh, I'll just read this verbatim real quickly. We're not trying to string you out. We're not trying to ask people to wait another decade. The significant of that is in this decade, decade, that's what we're doing from the start of the COVID season in 2020. We have played at that level. We've reached one postseason. We hope to reach many more, but we do it in a process-oriented way. And obviously, I did a poor job of trying to convey that thought, and I feel badly about it. So he feels like since the start of the COVID season in 2020, they've been playing at that level, although they were under 500 during the COVID-shortened season. Well, that's great. That's great. I just, um, you know, the thing is, is you have to, you have to, the team has to be good for that long over that time period. Right. And certainly we've made good strides forward. The team is a good, it's a good team. It's a good team. We nearly made the playoffs, but like the thing that the thing that the 10 year window and everything else doesn't really talk about is it talks about, doesn't really mention the teams that flame out over five years. It doesn't really meant it's not going to really show the teams that um, <clears throat> didn't went out and augmented the team the right way in year six or year seven of it all. Right. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, the white Sox recently went through a rebuild. The White Sox are kind of done now, right? They're done. And they're going to restart all over again. The Toronto Blue Jays have been a very consistent team in the playoffs for, you know, about 10 years or so. Toronto Blue Jays are, you know, sitting on the couch now in the playoffs. So, like, I guess my, is this like, if we're, if you're going to say that, right, you're making an assumption that this team is going to be good over that period, over that time period, that 10 year period, which is great. But um, I think if we want to do that, um, we're going to have to augment at some point. We're going to have to bring somebody else in. We're going to have to sign somebody. We're going to have to get two more bats. I feel like we're that how far away we are right now. And um, <clears throat> yeah, that's my, that's my concern there. Right. I look at, I look at the Mariners team from April to, you know, May, June, some in July and into September. And we were not that consistent. A lot of these teams on this list here, you know, the um, Cleveland guardians of the last decade, the, Los Angeles Dodgers of the last decade. They were very consistent teams month over month, right? The Mariners offense. I don't think you could say that um, certainly over the last, you know, couple um, years, right? The Mariners offense have had a couple good months in actuality. So, you know, if he believes that we're going to be that same team over a time period, we have to get, we have to get a little deeper in the lineup. And I just hope that that happens this off season. So there you go. Uh, if you total up the, Winning percentage of the last two seasons, the Mariners' winning percentage is. Let me see. I just had it up and then I deleted it. Uh, 54.9%. So over the last two seasons, we've been able to do that. But there's a reason that there's only 19 teams that have done this in the past because more often than not, it's not sustainable. So. Yeah, it's just hard. It's a hard pill to swallow, you know. It, it really is. And and you were right earlier when you said it didn't matter what Jerry was going to say in this press conference. Pete, there is there is that Doomer f- crowd that we're going to crap all over what he was going to say, regardless of what he said, you know. But this is a comment that even, you know, this, this whole press conference was one that even um, made some – more reasonable fans mad you know you said you went to to bed pretty angry and you're i would call a more reasonable fan you know when to critique the team and you know you know when the team's doing fairly well so i don't know it's just it's interesting what i can say and um you know i've been talking about it forever we'll probably button it up here soon is just that um i think with this jerry and justin scott have put much more pressure on themselves to deliver a pretty good product. Right. Like I think that this Jerry's a little bit on notice now by I think more people than probably before. So um, I think that 
you know, entering an off season now that I think is going to be, um, more pressure filled for, for Jerry than previous ones. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, see how he reacts. I, I, I guess the final question I have for you is does something like this put Jerry's job in jeopardy? Maybe not this off season, but you know, say next off season, the Mariners under deliver and go under 500 and miss the playoffs again. Do you think something like this could be looked back on and be like, yeah, we need to get rid of Jerry. You, you think this could have some implications if he does get fired next season? Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I think both Jerry and Scott, you would need, you would need a very epic collapse. I think to move on from either of them, I think on the Jan St- John Stanton side of things, right? Like, I don't think you're, I think Jerry is probably more on notice with the fan base. I think John Stanton probably cares a little less about it, but um, he never cared about the fan base. Well, yeah, no, I'm sorry. What I'm saying is like, um, I think John Stanton probably cares more about John Stanton. I think is probably liking the job that Jerry's done so far. The team's winning. The team has more attendance than ever. So yeah, attendance in the last two decades. So I would imagine John Stanton's pretty happy with that. Um, and I don't know. I do kind of feel like we probably live in an era of like um, you're you're more happy sometimes with just the guys that you have. Like I look at the Yankees. The Yankees have just held on to Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman for so long at this point. Like I think the Mariners, if they keep winning at this pace that they're on, right? I just see it. I don't see it. I don't see the Mariners moving on from Jerry. Right? It would need some sort of really bad collapse, I think, in order to. Uh, to move on. So, um, we'll see. Like I, I look at, I look at, um, Jerry came on in 2015. I'm trying to remember the year that Jerry came on. Um, 17, was it? Oh boy. Now you're going to make well, me I go think, look this up. So I think, well, I think Jack Z, I think Jack Z, right. Had a, I think Jack Z, yeah, I have it right here. Well, I have it. I think the year was 2014. Jack Z went 87 and 75. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, Jack Z went 76 and 86. And I think that lost him his job. There was a bunch of other things that were going on with Jack Z. But um, if I think if the Mariners, yeah, if we don't, if we don't win like 80 games and we go, maybe something like that, 80, 76 and 86, maybe Jerry's job is a little bit more in question. But, um, you know, if the Mariners continue to win at a 500 above pace, I don't really see Jerry or Scott really moving on. So, yeah. You know, we need to start calling Jerry by his full name, Gerald Depoto. Are we on board for this? Gerald Depoto. Gerald Depoto. That's what it says on Wikipedia, so you got to believe it. Gerald. Gerald. I'm down. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's going to – if the offseason keeps uh, bringing out bangers like this of press conferences and – you know, we've got stuff to talk about. This is going to be a fun off season. Maybe, maybe not for us because we're going to hate it as fans, but it'll be fun as it, we'll have a lot to talk about. So, uh. well, Bo, that's what we got for the show. You got anything else to add before we get out of here? Um, Ryan Bliss. Um, we're not going to be really doing prospect corner a whole lot in this. Uh, this, you know, it's not going to make it a thing. But um, the Arizona Fall League is going on right now and ryan bliss is looking uh, rather rather good thus far so um yeah we'll do probably a full recap of the arizona fall league i think after it ends in this ends but uh yeah looking looking pretty good in the arizona fall league so far so second base prospect yep potential starting second baseman for next year for this seattle mariners team maybe we'll get that far but you know i still want josh rojas to get a fair shake i think josh rojas could do something so I'm going to put my, my, my eggs all in Josh Rojas's back basket. Okay. So sounds good for all our listeners in the Puget sound Pacific Northwest and beyond. Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the forks down podcast for Bo Chisholm. I'm Rick Clark and we'll see you guys next week.